Welcome today to another podcast episode of Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce, and what a privilege it is to have all of you out there by SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, Blueberry, and others. We're just so very pleased and happy to have you with us today. We're going to continue with our study in the book of Revelation. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. If it is, like it and share it with others. You can also go over to EstablishedInTheFaith.com, and if you go there, you'll find more information on how you can subscribe to this podcast as well. We love hearing from you, so please feel free to contact us with any questions and comments that you may have. Well, we're going to go on into our study now, picking it up in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 1, and we hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. begin in the 22nd chapter of Revelation tonight. We're still dealing with the perfect age to come. Revelation chapter 22, beginning with verse 1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. Now, the one that is showing John all of this Uh, is actually a prophet, if you'll look down in verse 8 of that same chapter. Um, When John saw these things and heard them, and when I had heard and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel or the messenger, which showed me these things. Then he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets." So, as you can see, this is a prophet that is showing John all of this. Now, who this prophet is, we don't know. But he shows John this river of water, which is unlike anything uh, that we currently know of. It's called the water of life, and it proceeds out from the throne of God. Now, Jesus used a phrase similar to that. But uh, he was referring to it in a spiritual sense. Haven, if you will, go to John chapter 7. John 7, verse 37. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now we can receive this water of life freely today. In fact, if we don't receive it by faith now, We won't be able to see it literally then. And when this prophet was showing John all of this, he was showing him a literal uh, river. And he said it was pure, clear as crystal. And the reason for that is it's flowing from the throne of God, which is at the very top of this city, which is some 1,500 miles high. Now, if this river leaves the throne of God, I envision it as circling 
and working its way down that mountain. So this river is going to be quite long, 1,500 miles up and circling the mountain. Of course, we don't know for sure, but as it uh, works its way down and it gets down close to the bottom, it will branch off and go to each of the 12 gates. Those gates are open all the time. So that water will be free to flow out of those 12 gates all over the earth. Now, this water is called the water of life. It has life-giving properties to it. Now, you and I will be in glorified bodies. But there will be natural people living on the earth at that time. Who, who will be living in physical bodies, just like you and I have now. And if they drink of that water of life, there's something about it that's going to stop the aging process. So for those who are looking for the fountain of youth, here it is. God's got it. It's this river of the water of life, and it will stop the aging process uh, in the bodies of those that are, or have natural bodies at that time. But you and I in glorified bodies will have no need of it. Now, if we want to go drink of it, I'm sure we can. I'm sure it'll taste good. But uh, as far as actually having to have it, we won't have any need of it. Now, it proceeds out from the throne of God, and notice the latter part of that, and of the Lamb. The Holy Spirit uses that term once again. The Lamb, of course, refers to Jesus Christ, more particularly what he did for us at the cross. The Holy Spirit reminds us that this water of life is made possible because of what Jesus did at the cross. And he's constantly reminding us of that here in the closing chapters of the book of Revelation. Now, if you look at verse 2, Revelation 22, verse 2. In the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, was there the tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits, and yielded her fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. That phrase, in the midst of the street of it, that tells us that this river flows right down the middle of the street of pure gold. And that gold is so pure, it's likened in the transparent glass. Now, how wide this river is, we don't know. We know that during the millennium, the river that comes out from the millennial temple will be a little over a mile wide. Now, that's during the millennium in the millennial temple. This one here coming from the throne of God during the perfect age, I would think it have to be at least that wide, if not wider. Now, this river, if it is a mile wide, it flows right down the middle of the street of gold in the midst 
of it, the scripture says, in the midst of the street of it. So if that river is a mile wide, that means the street of gold will have to be at least three miles wide. Imagine that. A street of pure gold and a a river of water of life flowing right down the middle of it. That's unlike anything we've ever known. And it, 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 it's got to be a beauty that's absolutely indescribable. John also sees the tree of life growing on either side of that river. Now, the tree of life was first mentioned in Genesis chapter 2. Haven, if you will, pull that up on the screen. Genesis 2 verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So you can see it there. In the ninth verse, there were, two, there were a lot of trees in that garden, but there were two trees there that the scripture points out. Uh, specifically, and the tree of life was one of them. Now, Adam and Eve was forbidden to partake of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. God didn't say anything about the tree of life. So Adam and Eve could have partaken of that tree of life if they wanted to, but they chose the wrong tree. (laughs) Now, immediately after the fall, we see that God blocked all of that up. If you'll go to Genesis chapter 3, verse 21. Genesis 3, verse 21. Unto Adam also and to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothed them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us. Notice the terminology there. Has become as one of us. There you have the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So God sent these cherubim to block the way to the tree of life um, right after the fall. Because the only thing that tree of life addressed was the physical aspect of man. Once man fell in the garden, man's got a much bigger problem now than just physical. Man's problem is spiritual. God said, in the day you eat thereof. If you'll look at Genesis 2.16. Genesis 2.16. The Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day... Now we know Adam lived... 
many, many, many years after he partook of that tree. So God was not talking about a physical death. He was talking about spiritual death. Man died spiritually the moment he disobeyed God and partook of that tree. So man's got a much bigger problem than just the physical. Now, we know the physical can cause us some big problems. Uh, especially if we don't take care of ourselves like we should. But uh, at any rate, our problem is more spiritual than it is physical. And until the spiritual is addressed, um, there's not much hope for the physical. So God addressed the spiritual part. When he took those coats of skins, uh, whatever animal it was that he killed and covered Adam and Eve, In that, he instituted the Old Testament sacrificial system, which pointed to Christ uh, and what Christ would do for us at Calvary. Now, when the Lord died on the cross, that opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come and take up residence within our hearts and lives. Jesus referred to it as being born again, being born of the Spirit. Now, The Apostle Paul talked about this. Ephesians chapter 2. Haven, if you will, pull that up on the screen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you hath he quickened or made alive. That's what that word quickened means. You hath he made alive who were dead, notice that terminology, in trespasses and sins. Man is born dead, spiritually speaking, separated from God. Wherein, in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation or lifestyle. That's what the word conversation means among whom also we all had our lifestyle in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, oh, I love that but. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened or made us alive together with Christ. By grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice that next verse there, verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now, what does that mean? That means in the ages to come, we're still going to be learning about the benefits of the great sacrifice of Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Now, in the perfect age which is to come, Sin and all rebellion has been done away with and dealt with. This earth has been renovated by fire. 
God has moved his headquarters from the planet heaven down to planet earth. And at this time, when the holy city sits down on this earth, that tree of life will be made available to all the people that are in the world at that time. Because all the sin will be done away with. Satan and all his demon spirits have been locked away in the lake of fire. The great white throne judgment has already taken place. Everything that we know of now as sin is going to be completely done away with. He said, I make all things new. Former things have passed away. He said he would wipe every tear from our eyes. Everything that has caused man to cry. God's going to do away with it. That ought to make you shout. No more death and dying and pain and sorrow and sickness. All that has been done away with. All right, Haven, if you will, go back to Revelation chapter 22, verse 2. About the middle way of that verse. The tree of life bears twelve manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. Now, the tree of life corresponds with the river, the water of life. The two go hand in hand. These trees will be growing abundantly on either side of the river, and those in natural bodies will be required to partake of its fruit monthly. And there's a different fruit growing on those trees every month. Now, what kind of fruit it's producing, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say. And... Yes, we'll be able to go up and eat it if we want to, but you and I in the glorified bodies at that time, we won't need it. But the fruit of those trees, you got to understand that, like I said, there's going to be people in natural bodies living all over the face of the earth. And if these, and this river is going out of the 12 gates of the city and is allowed to flow out all over the earth, People will have access to the river, and if the river's a mile wide, you think of that. And wherever that river goes is that tree of life. All right, there's something else here about this tree of life. That's the leaves of the tree. The latter half of verse 2, And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. So we have the, the water and the fruit of the tree which stops the aging process in the natural bodies, now we see that the leaves do something to the immune system of those in natural bodies. It boosts the immune system to such an extent, uh, it stops sickness before it even has a chance to even start. So no more sickness. No more pain. No more death and dying. That's good medicine right there now. <laughs> That's some good medicine. And you know what? It didn't cost us a dime. We didn't have to pay a monthly insurance premium to get it. It's free. But it cost Christ everything. And think of that. Jesus paid it all. The song says...
All right, let's go to the third verse, Revelation 22, verse 3. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Now, this refers to the curse that the Lord placed on the earth uh, immediately after the fall. Um, matter of fact, that curse is going to be lifted during the millennium. But this verse here is just reiterating that again. Uh, actually, what it's telling us is there's not going to be any more curse placed on this earth ever. Never again will there be a fall. Never again will there be sin. Never again will there be a curse. All that's going to be done away with because the throne of God and the Lamb is going to be here at that time. Now, I want you to notice the latter part of that verse. It says, and his servants shall serve him. Now, this is not slavery like you and I are accustomed to, or when you, when you think of slavery, uh, you have certain thoughts and ideas in your mind, and slavery to God is not like that at all. This is a different type of slavery. Uh, turn to Exodus chapter 21, if you will, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. There were times when a slave was set free from his master, and under his master, his lifestyle was so good. His master treated him so good. He couldn't have that kind of lifestyle living outside of his master. And when his master freed him, he said, Hey, I just want to be your servant from here on out. And in Exodus chapter 21, verse 5, we see that if a servant wanted to remain his master's servant, then that was permissible. Uh, Exodus 21, verse 5 and if a servant shall plainly say, I love my master, my wife, and my children, I will not go out free. Then his master shall bring him unto the judges. He shall also bring him to the door and unto the doorpost. And his master shall bore his ear through with an awl. And he shall serve him forever. Jesus said, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. And he said that several times. Now, just as the servant in the Old Testament had it so good under his master he didn't want to leave, you and I are going to be the same way. We're going to be in an environment unlike anything we've ever known before. And God's going to be so good to us, we ain't going to want to be out from under his presence. So we're going to want to serve him gladly. That's not a problem. And look at verse 4, Revelation chapter 22, verse 4. And they shall see his face. Now, in the Garden of Eden... When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, what did they do? They hid from the face of God. Why did they hide? 
because they had sinned and they were guilty. Guilt is what causes us to hide from God. But because of what Jesus did at the cross, our sins have been wiped away clean. Every sin, everything, we'll be able to boldly stand and look at God right in the face, justified, justified never sinned. That's amazing to me. And his name shall be in their foreheads. Notice that part, Revelation 22, verse 4. His name shall be in their foreheads. This speaks of ownership. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Haven, if you will, pull that up on the screen. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. What know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? You are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. That's our reasonable service. I don't belong to me. You don't belong to you. You belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's paid the price for you. And we should glorify God in this body, which is our reasonable service. All right, Revelation 22, verse 5. There shall be no night there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. Now, we dealt with this last week about the glory of God being so bright in that city, it's going to outshine the sun. Now, the sun and the moon are forever. They're going to be there as long as the earth is here, and the earth is here forever. Uh, we looked at that last week. But the glory of God, like I said, is going to be so bright. It's going to outshine the sun. It's like me lighting a candle in here tonight. That candle ain't going to make this church no brighter. <laughs> Not with these lights on. So that's the way the sun and the moon will be at that time. So there won't be any need for any kind of artificial lighting at that time because God's going to be the light of that city. And I want you to notice this. And they shall reign forever and ever. Now, we are his servants, and yet we're going to reign. Never before has a servant, a slave, reigned as a king. But in the perfect age to come, we will. the program today has been a blessing to you we hope and pray that you'll share it with others this podcast has been made possible by the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you to contact us or to contribute to this ministry go to establishedinthefaith.com click on the donate tab all donations are safe and secure through paypal we look forward to hearing from you